And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, William Gargan stars as Barry Craig. Confidential investigator from 1955, but first it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs by who? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Mark. And I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? That's right. We have on the phone Mark from Aurora, Illinois. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hello, Lisa. This is your friend with Perfect Pitch, and I'm all oh. ready to name songs by Steve Lynn oh, Morris. I am so happy that trouble. you're with us. Also, and just because you're from around here, Mark, I was inspired to do Stevie Wonder. I saw a show called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered here this week at the Mercury oh. Theater in Chicago, and it was all Stevie Wonder, and it was about his life and times and his music, and so I was inspired. Hmm. Well, that show was awesome. It was just a wonder. Yes, it was just a wonderful show. You know what? You know what? You know what his favorite slice bread is? Wonder, wonder. bread. Wonder bread. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Mike's got you covered. All right. So uh, I've got some great songs. Mark's gonna cremate me. Yeah. He's well, gonna that's cremate the plan, me. Mark. I'm glad that you're the one that called in, and these are all Stevie Wonder songs. The second you recognize the title, even, shout it out. I wonder why I'm even gonna play. You don't have to. Oh. It could just be Mark and me. Huh? Just Mark and me. Mike missed this. the opportunity okay. to do it. There, there we, we go. go. Thank you. But better we, late than never. I we're mean. a little slow around here. All right. So here is the first song. You get no clues when you know the title. Shout it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are the sunshine of my life. That is exactly right, Why, Carl. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. Well, Can least, you say the same, Carl? Carl? In your case, it's more like sunny side up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Carl! Carl lost his sound effects for the evening. <laughs> Mike's on double duty. This is "You Are the Sunshine <laughs> of My Life," 1973. It won a Grammy. Yeah. It won a Grammy Award for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance and was nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year, 1973. Wow. And yeah. it's got the electric piano wiggling yes. between the left and right channels. Wow. How's that now? He gets extra credit for that. All right. All right, here we Brownie go. points. <laughs> All, All right, right so, here's the uh, next. Am I up or is uh, Mark up? That would be Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd Let's say that. Let's go for the next song. All right. Oh, I, I have to say I love you. It's really close. Yeah, I love you. I just called I just to say, say I, love I love you. you. I'm going to give that one to you. I just called to say I love you 
written, produced, I and performed. I love you. That's oh, right. doggone it. Yes, it's all right. You got it. You that, got it. That counts. Uh, written, produced, and performed by Stevie Wonder, 1984 album called The Woman in Red. Yeah. We're all going to sing along with this. Is that why you called, Mark? That one is the unusual key of C sharp or D flat. Wow. I, I'm going to believe you on Mark. that. Mark. But, Mark, That's I'm hoping scary. that you did just call to say I love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why I always call. That's why you call. All right, Mark's got two, oh, and Carol has zero. <laughs> All right, so far we're doing I really well. I am a zero. Yeah, well, I didn't say it. The next song, right. <laughs> you trying to read it? No. Oh, next song, 1985. I wouldn't do that. Oh. Um, undercover Lover? Undercover Lover. Nope. Something like that, right? Sort of, not really. Come on. Not. No, it's not Be close. Nice. It's not Undercover Lover. What is it? <laughs> I can't get you. Yeah, That's I know the song. I just don't know the title. So right. <laughs> Wonder Lover? No, not Wonder or Undercover, but it does end with Lover. Part-time Lover. I'm taking it. Part-time Lover is right. You got it just oh, under yes. the gun there. You got it from got his one. album In Square I got Circle. One. Holy cow. That might be it, so enjoy it. That's actually pretty wonderful that I got one. We uh, already uh, used, uh, we already used that one. Oh really? Wonderful. Um, yeah, I only count. I don't one. have a good memory. I know. All right. All right. It's two to one. Here we go. Mark next, has two. Next song, nineteen seventy-six. Oh. Oh, isn't she lovely? That's it. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? That's what I was going to say. Songs Make in the Key of Life is the name of the album. It's <laughs> a great song. There we go. And it, uh, the lyrics celebrate the birth of his daughter. Yep. Aisha yeah. Morris. That was when he was still married to uh, Sarita, was it? Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. I am impressed. It's three to one. Well, you're shocked by that. <laughs> I probably have no chance of even... Well, there's two left, so the best you could do is a tie here. It's not happening. I know. Bum love. Bum, 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 bum. All, right. All right. Here's the next song. It was recorded in 1967. Wow, that's way back there. Once in my life. That's it. For once <laughs> in my life. He's got to cross laughing. <laughs> you recognize it? Yeah, once in my life. For once in my life. There were other For versions. Right. Uh, the Temptations sang the song. Diana Ross sang the song. Tony Bennett sang the song. You know oh. what? You want to hear something interesting? Uh-oh. This is called For Once in My Life, and it's four to one right now. Wow, that's really Mark, something, Carl. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> A good one there. It starts, the of, it starts in the key of F, and it modulates up one half step. <laughs> Brownie points all the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. You know, even if it wasn't true, we would be, we would be, you know, no, I would know. impressed. <laughs> I would know if it was You would know? True. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you could fool me on the next one. I would tell you that's not right. Really? Yeah. Well, not me. I could hear the F. All right. Oh Here we gosh. go. Released in 1972, final song. Come on, Carl. Oh. Uh, superstition. He got it. <laughs> Carl tried so oh, hard. Man. Superstition, 1972, from the album Talking Book. 
He won two Grammy Awards. And it didn't even take me 13 questions to get there. That's right. Wow. (laughs) 13. Thirteen. Not Friday the Thirteenth. Ah, superstition. And I wasn't even. I can't even say I was just lucky. (laughs) (laughs) No, you are not. Maybe you are. I'll tell you what. This is talent. Mark, you're amazing. You got five out of six, and uh, I'm sending you a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. How's that sound, my friend? I'm into it. All right, buddy. Great job. So glad you called, Mark. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. When we come back, Lisa. It's Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. Stay with us. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, this is Hollywood 360. We're here each and every week. We do a five-hour show. It's live broadcasting all across the country, plus in all parts of the world on American Forces Radio. So uh, we do thank all of our program directors and everyone over at American Forces Radio for carrying our program. And hello out there in Radio Land. We play all your favorite classic radio shows, including Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. This is a hard-boiled detective, Lisa. And uh, William Gargan starred as Barry Craig. He was your man when you can't go to the cops. He uh, worked out of New York and uh, solved all kinds of crimes. Uh, Ralph Bell portrayed his associate, Lieutenant Travis Rogers. And the casts included Elspeth Eric, Santos Ortega, Arnold Moss, uh, many others. Blake Edwards, who created Richard Diamond, Private Detective, and also directed all of the Pink Panther movies, wrote and directed a 1952 TV pilot, but it went unsold of this series. Anyway, um, Gargan was um, a very popular uh, actor and did a great job as Barry Craig. This is an episode called Corpse on the Town, March 9th, 1955. Here's part one of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. William Gargan stars as Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. Refer to a guy as the ghost of his former self. Look twice at the getup he's wearing. He might be sporting a bedsheet. The National Broadcasting Company presents William Gargan in another transcribed drama of mystery and adventure with America's number one detective, Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Barry Craig speaking. There's generally a lot more to show business than what people finally get to see from the 480 seats. The backstage, behind-the-scenes shenanigans of what is delicately referred to as the pre-production phases. Brother, can it get wild? Wild and very homicidal. The particular case I have in mind began innocently enough. It commenced up near Yonkers, in a rubble-strewn area that looked like an A-bomb testing grounds in the Nevada Flats. The ground floor door I went through read Luther Bassett, Canine Dentistry. Canine Dentistry. Inside, there was a guy in a short white medical coat. 
a pretty patch of hair on his chin in the style of old Vienna. Luther Bassett, I figured him to be right off. I'd never seen a goatee on a Joan. The dog with him was on the operating table. A while later, in a cubicle off the operating room, Dr. Bassett and I tried to reach an understanding. I thank you for coming so promptly, Mr. Craig. Well, you phoned me. You said urgent. You said liberal payment. I liked your language, especially liberal payment. <laughs> now, uh, squelch my curiosity first. Uh, what do you fill a dog's teeth with? Uh, a T-bone steak? <laughs> the same as with humans. Amalgam, gold. The one you watched had lower bridge work done. Lower Bridgework, huh? Oh, that dog is a Broadway star. Oh. Fluff. You must surely know him. Oh, uh, when I go to the dogs, I do it on the east side of town, never on Broadway. Oh, what play? The hit comedy, Mr. Galuli's Ghost. Uh, Fluff plays a big part. Oh, he gets a tremendous salary. Hmm. High living's ruined his choppers, huh? So, uh, what's the nature of my employment to be, Bassett? Something to do with dogs? Of the human variety. In show business? Yes. Oh, you're also in show business? Only as an investor. Uh-huh. How much? And uh, what theatrical? I have invested $20,000 in a proposed musical fantasy called 2055. 2055? The calendar year, 100 years from now. Oh. It is a fantasy about the end of the world. Hmm. Amusing thought. Who's producing it? Stanton Bishop. And uh, what's your particular anxiety? Rumors that I have heard that the show is overfinanced. Is that bad? Well, perhaps I'm not using the right word. Wait, I think I know. A man has 100% to sell to investors, but he sells 150%. The show opens, flops, loses its nut, but Stanton Bishop isn't a bit worried. He has a load of sucker money salted away. If Stanton Bishop is a swinter and not a legitimate producer, I must know. You must investigate for me uh, discreetly. Uh. Do you want a retainer? <laughs> Foolish question. Money in front sharpens my talents. I found Stanton Bishop in a rented rehearsal hall on a side street along the main stem. Black Hamburg, pink cheeks, yellow teeth, suede shoes. When I found him, he was pulling producer's rank on a lot of long stem dolls and dancing tights. Girls, tomorrow I want to see more bounce, more jump. The title of the number is A New World is Born. That means leaps and ecstasy. You've got to prove it to the customers. Dismissed for the day. I listened while he complimented the baritone. Uh, Mr. Eduardo Bernard, you sang and all I heard was a television commercial for a mouthwash. Before signing as a lead baritone, you should first have your adenoids removed. You're fired from this show. <laughs> When Bishop finished throwing his weight around, I tried abusing him. By what authority do you inquire into my private business affairs? This badge. Hmm. Chicken inspector. If I were a more sensitive man, that could get you a punch on the nose. No, no, I'm a, I'm a hard case. You punch me and you're a murderer. The book, please. Book? What book? The one you keep for your own information. The record of investors and money. Who and how much. Now, where do you keep it? Are you in my safety vault? Not here in your desk? Here in my desk? Huh. Why? To accommodate sneaks like you? <laughs> that laugh sounded very falsetto to me. You stay out of my desk. It's, it's personal. It's sacred to me. Oh, I'll bet. Oh, 
Could this be it? You give me that ledger. Hey, wrestle with me, Buster. Okay, if you must be placated. Now, uh, don't oversleep, Buster. I get through this book, my hunch is we'll have things to talk over. Bishop had his swindle written down in his personal ledger so plainly it looked like a confession to the D.A. Bishop came to and we talked it over. Your musical is budgeted to cost $300,000. You've accepted investors' cash totaling over $400,000. Well, money for contingencies, isn't it? Baloney, who is a show angel named Eloise Finchley? She's in for a cool $150,000. She can afford it. Oh, I would imagine. Uh, Craig. What? Eloise Finchley's investment, it isn't exactly a straight stock deal in the show. Then what is it? Uh, more of a, a, a personal loan to me. You sure thought that little dodge up fast. Well, that balances my books, doesn't it? Take away Eloise Finchley's money, and the cash I have so far accepted is less, less, mind you, than my proposed budget. I'll believe the personal loan dodge after I've talked to Eloise Finchley. So, uh, what's her phone number? I don't want you telephoning her, Craig. Uh, how many times a day must you be rocked to sleep? I'm making a change in that script, if you'll notice, Craig. Uh-oh. And, uh, where was that gun up till now? Never mind. You look more like a hood now than a show producer. More in your natural element. Don't force me to shoot. Hang up that phone and get out. <laughs> Bishop's violent urge to get me out of his office at that moment was nothing impulsive, as I soon found out. It was strategy, plain and simple. Nor did he go far. Just a motor ride to the nearest Gretna Green. Gretna Green being shorthand for any place where marriage could be completed as fast as a couple could chirp, I do. I read all about it in the morning papers. It was a Broadway impresario, Stanton Bishop, marries socialite Eloise Finchley in surprise elopement. At my first opportunity, I paid my respects to the bride in a fancy bridal suite almost as close to Central Park as the uh, statue of Sherman's horse. Champagne, Mr. Craig? Conversation, Mrs. Bishop. You disapprove of my marriage? Your mister will never get through the pearly gates. <laughs> Is there a man without vices, really, Mr. Craig? How come you eloped with Bishop immediately with my investigation of him? How come? Now, let me see. Mm, yes. He invited me on a motor ride. It was perfect weather. The moon, Mr. Craig, you've never seen such a gorgeous moon. And that was it? Love doesn't stop to reason, Mr. Craig. I've heard. Bishop married you as a cover-up for his larceny. The marriage takes you off his books as an outside investor and puts it in the family. It, uh, balances his books. Must we really be so dull, Mr. Craig? So prosaic. I'm a bride. I'm in heavenly raptures. Yeah. You're heading for one big hangover. <laughs> I adore champagne. I'll leave sounding one last dull and prosaic note. <sighs> Must you? The sudden elopement smacks of conspiracy. Conspiracy to frustrate an investigation of Bishop's peculiar theatrical financing. Sweet matrimony was only a device for whitewashing him. How about that? You don't really expect me to testify against my husband, Mr. Craig. Okay. I know when I'm licked. And you forget. 
$150,000 of the total on Stanton's books was my own money anyhow. My own money, Mr. Craig. Yeah. And frankly, that angle of it has me befuddled, perplexed, confused, and mystified. All right. That's the first portion of a good hard-boiled detective adventure of Barry Craig, confidential investigator, Going back to 1955, we'll have uh, more of that in just a moment. I can't tell you how happy I am, Lisa, that Mies Meals is back on the radio with us. They are amazing, folks. If you've never tried Mies Meals, you need to try them because the food is incredible. And every single week, they switch it up. They have new food, do different, uh, different kinds of delicacies for you to order. It's amazing. Um, And just so everybody knows, this is not your typical meal delivery service because what they do is give you all these fresh, healthy ingredients that are all prepped and chopped and ready to be cooked. And it comes with a little uh, recipe card and some simple directions, and it tells you just what to do, but it makes it really foolproof. You really can't mess it up. It's like you're Um, a chef. Slice, dice, prep, chop whatever it needs, it's all ready for you. Right. You have the meal on the table in like 20 to 25 minutes. Your family's going to think you're a gourmet Nice, fresh, chef. hot meal. Yeah, it's amazing. Just go to their website, Mies Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals, Mies Meals dot com. And make sure if you're a first time person ordering, 50% off that order when you use the promo code CARL at checkout. Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com. Use promo code CARL, 50% off first-time orders. We'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered. And National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful conservative opinions when it matters most. National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive to their benefactors and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will too. So, if you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage, 
Lisa is going to tell you how you can check it out for yourself. That's right. So right now you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Yep. Save 60% on any subscription. All right, Lisa, we're listening to Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. And um, a few years after um, William Gargan played this character on radio, he played a similar character on TV called Martin Kane, Private Eye. I'll never forget. I've seen, oh, maybe a half dozen episodes, and it was sponsored by a tobacco company, some kind of tobacco company for your pipe. I can't remember which one it was. And the whole time, like the entire time you're watching the TV show, he's putting this okay. tobacco. They keep showing right. it. You know, he's like pretty sure. much kind of holding it, holding sure. it up to the TV screen and like taking the, because it was live. They, right. you know, they did this live and he was taking the pipe to, you know, tobacco and putting in his pipe and lighting it, smoking it. It was like the whole show over and over and over again. Miss I was it. like, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, um, you know, took you out of the whole case. You're know, trying to follow the thing in here. Wait you're a minute. The There's a dead body here, but let me, let me start my pipe up here again <laughs> with um, so-and-so tobacco. Uh, anyway, we're listening to the corpse, uh, corpse on the town with William Gargan, March 9, 1955, here's the conclusion. I reported back to my client, the canine dentist, Luther Bassett. Well, uh, who's the dental patient now, Bassett? Another famous dog actor? Oh, yes. This is Rinky Tintin. Rinky Tintin. Reputed to be a grandnephew of Rin Tintin. Bow, wow. Genuine aristocracy. And what show is Rinky in? The World and the Egg. It's a play about reincarnation. What does Rinky play in it? Napoleon. The dog is the 20th century reincarnation of Napoleon. Mm. <laughs> Mind you, it is an allegorical play. Yes, I get you. <laughs> mm. Well, you can leave your 20000 with Bishop or not, as you please. You mean the operation is legitimate? Now it is. I think I scared him into legitimate producing I mean, if Bishop actually has the show business know-how for producing musicals. But he was first contemplating a swindle. With every breath in his body. Then I will withdraw my investment. Well, you won't get all of it. Not at this date. Bishop has had some pre-production costs already. But uh, salvage what you can. Go ahead. Well, my cost to you is 300 bucks. Pay me off, Bassett. <laughs> End of case. Only it wasn't. It was just the beginning, as it turned out. The blissfully newlywed Stanton bishops were doomed to make more headlines. Gruesome ones this time. I saw it first on a street newsstand. Mrs. Stanton Bishop. I could only see that much. Hey, uh, give me that paper, boy. The whole headline read, Mrs. Stanton Bishop killed in street mugging. It had sure been a short honeymoon. I let official sources amplify the newspaper details for me. In this case, the first grade detective in homicide named Scotty. What's your interest in the late Mrs. Stanton Bishop, Craig? 
I mourn her passing. How did she go? A street assault. And what was taken? So far as we know, her purse, a diamond wristwatch, and her wedding ring. Uh, according to whom? Stanton Bishop, when he identified the body. Mm-hmm. Well, what police results so far? None. No clue to the alleged mugger? You hit the word alleged. Why? Because, frankly, I'm uh, skeptical. Your reason? Nothing concrete, so I won't give it yet. What was the cause of death? Strangulation? A broken neck. She'd been hit with the side of the palm, a rabbit punch. It's a favorite blow with mugging. Or a killer trying to make it look like a standard mugging. Now, where did it happen? 54th and 9th. We found the victim in an areaway. Ooh, hard to believe. What is? A lady of her style being at 54th and 9th to begin with. Eloise Finchley Bishop was Park Avenue, very perfumed, very upper class. Not always. What would that mean? Our check into her pedigree turned up some interesting facts. She was posing as a socialite, and her maiden name, Finchley, was an assumed one. Then who was she, really? Eloise Berkey. Father was a railroad brakeman. Parents now both dead. Eloise herself was a dress model when she worked. <laughs> Not that there's any law against posing as society folks. No, there isn't only, uh... One thing really has me confused now. Yeah, what's that, Craig? Well, where would a sometimes dress model get $150,000 for a theatrical investment? I was around the rehearsal hall to give my condolences to Stanton Bishop personally. He looked a little different to me this visit. The pink cheeks were sallow, deep lines in his face. Like he'd had some new worries added. What do you want here, Craig? What was Mrs. Stanton doing on the wrong side of town? How should I know? Well, what was stolen from her? I've already told the police. Uh, tell me. Her pocketbook, a diamond wristwatch, and her wedding ring. Craig, you're not going to maliciously persecute me. Shouldn't I? Well, I'm in mourning. I, I experienced a horrible tragedy. I think of how Eloise died. I, I have nightmares. I'm in a cold sweat. Sad. What's happened to our 150000 Craig, please, not at a time like this. Tough to answer, huh? Look, I'm straight, clean as a new baby. Maybe I had ideas once, wrong ideas, but all right, you cured me. Now, let me live. That depends on how your wife really died. She was attacked. She was robbed. Her neck was broken by some homicidal maniac. Oh, that's how it was made to appear. Then you are going to persecute me maliciously. At least until you explain to me how an ex-dress model was able to invest a fortune in your show. Also, uh, what really was the attraction that got you two married? Heckle me or embarrass me with the police and the public. You'll only make trouble for yourself. Did you murder your wife and father off as a mugging by a person or persons unknown? No. I tell you no. I tell you no. <laughs> I did a further check into the background of the corpse with the grudging connivance of first-grade Detective Scotty. Hey, Craig, I, I can get reprimanded for this. Or promoted. Yeah, promoted for letting you into an apartment officially sealed to the public. Now, look, I saw this. I quietly turned the information over to you. I don't take a bow. You get a promotion and a raise. Boy, are you good at dangling sucker bait. Well, Eloise Berkey, Eloise Finchley, ex-dress model. 
Where did she ever get $150,000? Well, squat somewhere, Scotty, while I look around. I came up with a ton of stuff, hidden away in bureau drawers, ribbon packages, and a steamer trunk. The personal stuff nobody ever throws away. Old letters, diaries, a high school pin, and picture albums. Lots of picture albums. The recent Eloise had collected the history of her life in snapshots. Yeah, she's in it from the first baby pose on a bear rug right to maidenhood. Yeah, Eloise in pigtails, in her school graduation dress. How she looked at Sweet Sixteen on her first date, as a slim chick in a one-piece bathing suit. How she looked as a dress... Hey, hold it, Craig. What strikes you? That page of snapshots, the two shots... Eloise posed with a guy. Six pictures of the same guy. Well, what about it? Well, study the face of the guy. Now, you recognize him? Yeah, I've seen him. Why, sure. He's famous. Notorious. He's Artie Anzac. Big gun Artie Anzac. Big gun used to be. Oh, he's responsible now. Retired from the rackets. He's had it. Served 20 years in Leavenworth for tax evasion. Uh, this page of pictures, Anzac and Eloise... Uh... They look like very recent photographs. Watch out with Anzac, Craig. He's still king to a big piece of gangland. I'll be uh, most respectful. I've got a thing about royalty. Anzac lived like royalty should. A heavily wooded estate on the outskirts of the city, with a high stone wall around it like the side of a mountain. I found him practicing golfing putts on a library rug. I talked while Anzac concentrated on his stance. When he'd figured out his answers, he gave them to me. Sure I know, Eloise. Sweet kid. Sweet dead kid? Yeah. Ain't it a shame? Out walking and that's it. Still, everybody dies. Some just go sooner. What was she to you, Anzac? A babe. I bought her a coat, I bought her one of them foreign cars, and then I moved on to another babe. Period. Period. I'm not poor. Spread the wealth, I figure. Did it bother you when Eloise married Stanton Bishop? No, not a bit. I'm for marriage. My mother was married. I even sent them a wire of congratulations with a load of flowers that cost me a C note. Craig, I already had another babe. Yeah, you said. Now I'd like to get back to my partner. I'm in a tournament tomorrow. But I'm not through talking. What else is it? Well, I'm at the point now of mentioning $150,000. Not a dough. Eloise invested that much in Bishop's musical production. Now, where would a babe get that kind of cabbage? I think from you. Hey, I'm not that generous. I think Eloise invested it for you. Idle money, hot money, undeclared income. Hmm. She was your front, so tax officials wouldn't be the wiser. You'd already served time for tax evasion. You'd had enough of that. Hey, that's quite an idea you got. Oh, I'm loaded with ideas. I also think Eloise double-crossed you, that she invested the money for herself, and that Bishop knew the source of the money and what Eloise was up to, and that Bishop used that knowledge as a weapon to make Eloise marry him. Now, why would he do that? Oh, he had to make Eloise marry him. I'd been investigating Bishop. I'd found irregularities enough for me to alert the district attorney. Bishop had to find a device for shutting me off. 
I got practicing to do, Craig. I'm in a tournament tomorrow. I think you murdered Eloise to pay her off for the double cross. And as an object lesson for Bishop. So Bishop will respect your $150,000 piece of his musical production. I think you're the killer, Anzac. Watch this pot. Huh. Beautiful, huh? <laughs> I left Anzac to drive home. Anzacs wanted a state to join the famous state park, popular with campers, hikers, and hunters. Signs on roadside trees advertised the two-week open hunting season. Deer was the big game. I almost qualified. A rifle shot through my side window that almost skinned my scalp. A wild shot, I wondered. Or was it a devoted Anzac subject trying to please the king? It was one of the things in life I'd never know. A chain is no stronger than its weakest link. Stanton Bishop figured to be the weak link. An easy mark for a trick designed to get corroborating evidence against a suspected killer. I found him alone in the rehearsal hall, chewing on a dead cigar. Craig, you soured my whole life. Oh, sad. I wonder how nervous you'll be, Bishop, strapped in the electric chair. Strapped? Me, Craig? For what? The murder of your wife. I've got evidence against you. Evidence? Those articles supposedly stolen from Eloise. So? So I've got them locked up in my office safe. Where... Where could you get them? Right out of your wife's bureau. It's a trick. You're lying to me. You're trying to trap me in something. <laughs> but you can't be sure, huh? You had lived a story of stolen articles to make the alleged mugging plausible. Why were you so anxious to have it written off as an unsolved mugging? Who were you afraid of? Uh, you clam up, you'll only be a fall guy, Bishop. But who's the somebody else, Bishop? Come on, it's trembling on your lips. Anzac. Artie Anzac. He murdered Eloise, and I'll tell you why. Oh, don't bother to. I already know why. Now, the guy answering this phone will be Scotty of Homicide. Tell your story to him. From here on, it's his case. Hello, Scotty. This is Barry Craig. Scotty, uh, I've got a guy here who's going to mean your raise and promotion. <laughs> yes, sir. A Craig promise is always redeemable in cash. <laughs> You have been listening to William Gargan in another exciting transcribed mystery drama from the adventures of Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Tonight's story, Corpse on the Town, was written by John Robert. Next week... It's the strange story of the Golden Touch, about which Barry Craig has this to say. In the Golden Touch, a doll with amnesia forgets everything but her alibi when her partner in unholy matrimony takes a second fatal leap out of her arms and into eternity.
The National Broadcasting Company has just brought you an NBC Radio Network production with William Gargan starring as Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Directed by Andrew C. Love, the cast included Harley Bear, Frank Gerstle, Vivi Janice, and Joe Forte. This is the NBC Radio Network. You know, the, uh, one of the um, actors in that episode was Joe Forte. He was pretty good at everything, you know? Forte? Bum, yeah, that, it bum. Was, he wasn't worthy of a ba-dum-bum. Bum. Sorry. What? No, Mike. Come on. Sorry. It just that Joe wasn't. Forte, everything uh-huh. was his... Forte. Forte. Yeah, he that was, good was uh, again, it definitely wasn't worthy. Of the more, one, the, mer- the, more the merrier of the, of the sound effects. Yeah. Uh, that is Barry Craig, confidential investor. He was very confidential. He was under, you know, the another, radar. Another? He was under the radar, that guy. Boy, you're really hitting the high you know? notes here. <laughs> <laughs> March 9th, 1955, Corpse on the Town. William Gargan starring. I, I like the, I like these shows. There's not a lot of them. I have maybe, mm, I probably have like a dozen direct from the master like that one mm-hmm. was. But then I have like maybe another dozen that are like not from the master recording. So the quality is not as good. That's what we're all about here. Hollywood 360. We hang our hat on quality. The quality of these shows is paramount to us. We license the episodes from the rights holders. We get the actual master recordings, and that's what we air, and that is what we put in the Classic Radio Club. So if you are a Classic Radio Club member, you know that you're getting the finest-sounding Classic Radio show sent to you each and every month on five CDs. We also send them out via digital download if you want them that way as well. But I think most people like the CDs, Lisa. People love getting a uh, five-CD set with a booklet sent to them every 30 days, a new collection with 10 more shows. And it's really a surprise. You never know what you're getting. You know, I'm picking these shows as the curator of the club, and I'm making sure there's a variety of comedy and detective and mystery, special kind of um, one-of-a-kind type programs, big stars. And then Carl Shadow does an amazing job I write the booklet, and then he tweaks it and makes sure everything is right. So you're getting very accurate liner notes for all of the shows, and you and the uh, package is uh, very professionally done. We have it manufactured in California at a, uh, at a big plant. And then we send them to you each and every month as a Classic Radio Club member. And people love it. I've had people, Lisa, in the club since we started like four years ago. They get these every single month and they put them on. They tell me we put them on the shelf and then we, you know, go back and listen to different ones. It makes a really great collection. I have them all on my shelf in my house. Anyway, if you'd like to join the Classic Radio Club and help support the show, you can call us tonight. We will um, either answer the phone. If we don't answer the phone, we will call you back. You can call our number and sign up for the club. 815-900-7535. Or you can um, sign up yourself at our website, Classic Radio Club. 
Radioclub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com. But call us tonight. We'd love to talk to you. 815-900-7535. All right, time for this month in music history. And we're going back to the 1990s with this song. You're Still the One, Grammy Award-winning song written and recorded by... Whoever's singing has got a great voice. That's true. 1997. I don't know. Who is that? Can you just make a guess? Um, I don't know. Take a guess. You get one guess. Linda Ronstadt. I don't know. 1997. Know. <laughs> Shania Twain. Oh, Shania. Gosh, she's great. This is from her album, Come On Over. Wow, she Come has. Come over. She's got a terrific voice. Sure does. Man, holy great Toledo. She's better than me, too, at singing. Sure, just sure. a little better. Just a little. Her and Steven Tyler are just a she, hair. Just she a and, little. She and Steven Tyler. Just a little bit. She and... <laughs> uh, Miss English here. major over here <laughs> Connie Brooks over here There we go, anytime All right. <laughs> Thanks Lisa, more of Hollywood 360 After a short break More Hollywood 360 After these important messages Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, in our next hour, Dick Powell stars as Detective Richard Rogue on Rogue's Gallery from 1946. But first we'll play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition, right, Lisa? That's right, and these are all popular duets. Ah, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. You're gonna, really good at this segment. I am so, so great we'll at this segment. And there will be no betting to All right. See you soon. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier. 